is a advent, and a review of an advent sermon series, which there will be no exception, so we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to go straight out of the box for what leading up to what I have on Christmas. And this time, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, and I want to give us different snapshots, two presents, of what it means to have faith, to trust, and to hope in God. So today we'll be in Hebrews chapter 3. For those of you that really like everything all tied in nice together, this is also a bit of an advent for a Hebrew sermon series that we'll be getting into later next year. lived in a time that actually had a lot of similarities to our own. They dealt with sin, with a society that was not honoring God. They dealt with corruption in their government. And in their hearts, just as we do, they struggled to follow the Lord, both as, as individuals and as a culture. There are some differences. The level of technology that we enjoy, the, the part of the earth that we actually live in, our languages are different as well, certainly our backgrounds. And it's that ground, actually, that I want to draw our attention to this morning. Because of how the, the Israelite nation was formed, they developed a deep reverence for history. Since their country had been so rooted in, in trusting promises that had been made in the past and that they were stretching towards for the future, seeing some fulfilled, some not yet, some still on the horizon. Because of those things, the Israelites generally saw things that were older as being more valuable, as being extremely important, maybe even more so than the present. What was older was more worthy of honor. Now, that's not unique to them. That's still true in a number of cultures today, though it's largely absent from our own. Maybe there's a few exceptions in that. And perhaps we still have some ideas of this sort of honoring the past when we uh, study history. We think of the, uh, the founding fathers of our nation, or, or, or maybe you know, when we study the Constitution in, in government in theory. But probably that we tend to think that newer is better, that, that younger is more important. Perhaps so in history. So the challenge that we're going to be exploring this morning, the, the challenge that will launch us into Advent is this. What if the past is pointing to something else? something greater? What if our greatest days aren't what's coming with the next technological advance? What if they're not even right here and right now, how empowered we are and how we have our say and our opinion about everything? What if 
our greatest days aren't even in a sense way back when, but instead, what if our greatest days are coming just with that second advent? And so what if you and I need to look not to the heroes of the past or the present for our hope, but to the hero Fruit of Jesus is commonly a change. How we think, how we see life, what we value, what we give our time and our money to. And how would that redefine what we're doing, both as individuals making meaning and, and purpose in our lives, but, but also together, right? Called and gathered by him. These are the sorts of things that we're going to see this morning in Hebrews you to join me there, either in the, the Bible that's on the back of the pew in front of you, or perhaps one you've brought from home, paper, digital, your choice. But join me in Hebrews chapter 3 this morning as we see what God has promised, what God has done, what he will accomplish. Hebrews chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful. We're arriving right in the middle of what the author of Hebrews is saying. So let me give just a, a little bit of background, a little bit of an orientation. There are a number of unknowns surrounding this book of Hebrews. There's a lot of smart people who've earned all kinds of degrees trying to make arguments about who wrote it and when and why and where. But the plain fact of the matter is that the Bible simply doesn't tell us who the author we know enough to know that the early church was confident that Hebrews was inspired by God. That's enough for us. And so as we open it up, we look, we see this too is God's word, and yet it's God's word in a way that's unique in a number of ways. More like a sermon than a letter. It has a distinct beginning and middle and end. It, it builds up. It will end with lots of application. Hebrews is like a sermon that's been written down. And specifically, it's a sermon that connects the Old Testament to the New. It's something that you and I often struggle with. I know it took me years before I realized, oh, wait, it's this Old Testament thing? Yeah, that's, that's not distant from the New. It's not you know that, that page in your Bible that maybe it's blank or maybe it has in big font, you know, New Testament, that's not actually there in God's plan and Instead, the Old and New Testaments are one continuous promise and plan of God. And Hebrews shows us how that is, how that works. It is 
terms of relationship between promises that God made in the Old Testament and that Christ is doing in the New to his people. How does that matter for us today as we await our Savior's return, who he will point us toward what it looks like to to wait on him? Questions like those are addressed all throughout the book. We need the book of Hebrews. And so here, as we delve into chapter 3, the author has been telling us that Christ is, is greater. And he's greater than even the most powerful of angels. Now think about that for a second. Um, haven't seen as many lately, but it used to be, certainly when I was growing up and in college, right? They always had those interviews where you know, whatever reporter would find someone on the street, usually about this time of year, but sometimes around Easter. Hey, you know, do you believe in in God or in a higher power or something. And, and, and sometimes what people would answer is, well, no, but I believe in something spiritual. You know, I believe that there are, are, are angels watching over us or something like that. That's not just a view from 20th and 21st century America. Right? Angels have been a focus, perhaps too much of a focus for people for generations and for centuries. It's something that the author of Hebrews has addressed where he says, okay, you know, angels are, are, are great, but Jesus is even greater than any angel. And not only that, but he goes on to say that he's a better high priest than anyone in Aaron's line. And right then, all the, all the Jewish people's ears are like, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, that, that whole line of descent, the generations of Aaron who were given the priestly duties, the tabernacle and then the temple. These were the ones who would atone for God's people through the sacrifices. Yes, Jesus is better even than the high priest. Not sure we quite get that these days in our age. Perhaps one of the enduring changes that came about during COVID uh, is the loss of respect that churches and pastors were the focus of as time went on, as the seasons deepened, as churches responded one way or the other with what do we do about COVID? What do we do about political division? What do we, and this is something that was noticed, thankfully not by me, not here, not down at Faith take much reading or much googling to find that this is a problem all throughout our nation. It used to be that churches, that pastors, that, that priests would be a, a, a pillar, a fixture of the community. Even so much so that if, if people might not believe or, or even agree with what that person said, there was still a certain layer of respect. An institutional level of respect. And as we have lost respect for all kinds of institutions in our world. The church has not been spared either. Right? So you read this and you think, okay, high priest, okay. <laughs> but who do you put? Who would you put in that top slot? For some of you, maybe it is a, a religious figure or a government official, a president, perhaps. For others of you, maybe it's a, a hero from, from the past. 
So whoever you would put in that slot, you need to, to understand that the author of Hebrews is telling us that Jesus is better even than them. Greater than every possible There is no one who eclipses Christ. Just prior to our verses this morning, Hebrews tells us that Christ's death on the cross is meant to fulfill the sacrifices that the high priest of old made binding. That that what all of those ceremonies pointed toward, Christ himself has fulfilled. That his death satisfied the death of the sin of everyone who looks to him. And, And it did it once and for all. We have a communion table here. But that's incredibly important to realize that God's people gather around this table, not around an altar, but the sacrifice has already been made. It is complete. It is full. It is done. It does not need to be repeated. Because this is what Jesus has accomplished. And the only way that can happen is if this Jesus became like us. Is if this Jesus took on human flesh, living as we do, yet without sin, and yet bearing our sins. As if he were the worst of sinners. That is what Advent anticipates, the whole point of story of this Advent. In taking on humanity, Christ knows what it is to go through this sin-plagued life from from birth in the manger to death on the cross. And so, because of all of that, all of that background, all of that glorious truth, he entered chapter 3, and the author of Hebrews calls us to consider this and to, to give our attention, to turn our backs towards him. Christ is the one sent by God for whom the prophets wait, the one who sent and is sent by God, and he is the high priest whom we trust, whom we believe in, whom we place our, our faith in. That Jesus is the one. And so prior to prior to his arrival, prior to these advent events, everyone is looking for the one. Where is the Messiah? Where is this root of of Jesse who is coming? Where is this promised one who will lead his people? Where is the lamb? Jesus is the lamb. He is the one. This Christ is that. We need not wait for another one. We need not look for any other. There don't need to be any other further developments or advances. This is not a new icon. We don't have Jesus coming out here next year and we need to update it. Jesus forever. Hopefully that's how. <laughs> the one, the only. Jesus is the one. Christ is the one whom the entire Old Testament has been anticipating, waiting for, pointing toward. He is the one whom Advent is all about. Now there's a number of ways to grasp this truth. 
those who proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one that everything in the Old Testament comes down to. Maybe you just need to hear the promises made in the Old Testament and now promises being kept, the bad promises, and the new promises. Maybe you think of the, the Old Testament as an arrow pointing towards Jesus. The Gospels telling us about Jesus, and then everything after that is, is an arrow pointing back to Jesus, who he is, what he has done, and who he will do. And however you picture it, you need to grasp that the Old and New Testaments are part of one continuous plan and promise of God. It's Jesus that we are promised. He is the God-man. He is our Savior. He is the one who has come to rescue us from ourselves. Therefore, look to Christ and consider Him and His work and not compare. In the Jewish mindset, said a few minutes ago, what was older was better. So the comparison then to Moses would have been a shocking one. Right? Moses is the one who led his people out of slavery in Egypt. Moses is the one who, who brought God's law, quite literally, the tablets, down to the nation. Moses is the one who had met personally with God. It doesn't get much better than Moses. Indeed, Moses is counted faithful. is the one who came to teach, to rescue, to redeem. As Christ perfectly and fully accomplished that on the cross. Unlike Moses, Christ never sinned. Unlike the great leader of Israel, Christ has been and shall always be perfect in every famous in Matthew, and they were only famous in their own eyes and their own time. For each of us, we probably fill that blank of who our heroes are with someone a bit different.
conversion to his father, look at verse 2. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Mary. As much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. So it's not just that Jesus has an equivalent level. Hey, Moses is great, Jesus is great. All right, let's move on. No, it's that Jesus has more glory than Moses. As many as are the the parallels between Christ and Moses, we need to understand that he's better as the burden of more than even the heroes of faith. And to do that, the author of Hebrews gives us a metaphor here. This one is that of a home builder. I've seen some pretty amazing homes in my lifetime. I bet you have too. Homes designed so intricately and, and beautifully that it's hard to see the sit down. Isn't it true that even more amazing than the home, even more worthy of our awe, is the designer himself And after all, Frank Lloyd Wright, who went on to be many, might not be able to remember just a few of his own No, you remember the building wouldn't exist without the building. So it is here. The author wants us to to grasp something foundational. Moses is but a tool, a a part of the household of God. You you might even think of Moses as a uh, a brick. Uh, Very important. But a brick in the foundation of the house that God is crucial, necessary, but even greater than Moses is the builder, the, the architect, the designer. And that one is God. Just as we saw in the previous verses of how Christ is fully man, so we must also understand that he is fully man. This is why Jesus is worthy of even more glory than What does that matter? Moses is considered great because he had four teachers. How can you? Who brought them by law? Wonderful children. And yet in Jesus we have the Emmanuel, we have the God with us. We're not just talking about God, no, he's with us very now walking and eating and sleeping in the back of the boat and This is going to be better. Owning the jersey of your favorite sports star. Thank you. Or having an actual relationship with your favorite sports star. Any of these things. Which is greater, being Facebook friends with someone who can help you in time of need. That's good. Someone you 
שהוא שוגר אותו. מה הוא בא לשם? Thank you. 
Thank you. 